<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. She um, literally felt caged and imprisoned by Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon rocketed to stardom in the 1980s and has been flying high ever since. But his success in the entertainment industry may have been masking a perverse secret life. We're laying out the rise of Vince McMahon through the years and the bombshell information released in a new lawsuit that could bring down the multimillionaire. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Whether you're a fan of professional wrestling or not, you have likely heard the name Vince McMahon or the WWE or its many brands and events like Raw, SmackDown, WrestleMania. And whether you're a fan or not, you have probably also heard some disturbing news about Vince McMahon and these newly revealed sexual abuse allegations levied against him by a former WWE employee, Janelle Grant. But before we even get to that and what could ultimately be the wrestling legend's ultimate downfall, let's take a step back, okay? Because in order to understand how we got there, in order to understand Vince McMahon's infamy and his apparent ironclad hold on the WWE empire, we need to go back in time a little bit. The now 78-year-old was born in Pinehurst, North Carolina in 1945. You may recognize the name Pinehurst, by the way. It's home to the Pinehurst Resort, where many major golf tournaments have been held over the years. Now, McMahon's father, a wrestling promoter also named Vincent McMahon, allegedly walked out on the family shortly after his son was born. Vince McMahon reportedly didn't meet his father until later on in life. In 1966, McMahon married Linda Edwards to have remained married, although reports indicate they have been separated in the last few years. McMahon graduated from East Carolina University and went to work for his father's wrestling company, Capital Wrestling Corporation, later known as Worldwide Wrestling Federation, or WWWF, as a commentator or ring announcer back in 1969. Now, McMahon and his wife then founded Titan Sports in 1980, and soon after, McMahon purchased the WWWF from his father. It was ultimately shortened to WWF, or World Wrestling Federation. Interesting side note here, by the way, the entertainment giant actually went to court over those initials, WWF was already being used by the World Wildlife Fund, which has had that trademark since 1961. So that is why it has now become WWE or World Wrestling Entertainment. It's been that way since the early 2000s. Now, talking about McMahon's rise to fame, he held the first WrestleMania event at Madison Square Garden in 1985, and his legendary status was officially cemented. For many years, McMahon was mostly just an announcer and not directly acknowledged as the owner of the company, but McMahon's real life fled over into the ring when he took on the character of Mr. McMahon, the chairman of WWE, who wrestling fans loved to hate. He would participate in several storylines over the years, getting into these grudges, getting into these matches. He threw punches himself. He took hits himself. This actually led to a now infamous moment during WrestleMania 23 in April of 2007. It was called the Battle of the Billionaires. Vince McMahon and Donald Trump 
yes, that Donald Trump, they each picked a wrestler to represent them in the ring. And in the end, McMahon's guy lost. So Trump got to shave McMahon's head live on TV. Now, let's think about this for a second, because as we think about McMahon's appearances on WWE programming in light of these new sexual abuse allegations that we're going to talk about, I had the chance to speak with Tom Campbell. He is an expert in the wrestling industry. He is the presenter for Cultaholic Wrestling, and he had something very interesting to say about this. For many years on WWE television, uh, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, has been a prominent character, and the role he has very often played is this uh, megalomaniacal, manipulative boss who gets employees to bend to his will, uh, often sharing romantic scenes with female wrestlers as well, scenes that would have been signed off on or completely written by Vince McMahon himself. Uh, and all of a sudden, a lot of these scenes, a lot of the verbiage, a lot of what the Mr. McMahon character is about, but it's been put in a very, very troubling light with the accusations that we've heard. There have been other instances over the years of Vince McMahon degrading female wrestlers in the ring. There's one particular incident in 2001 where he makes a female wrestler uh, walk around on all fours in her underwear and bark like a dog. We're going to play more of my interview with Tom Campbell throughout this, but going back to Vince McMahon, his last WWE appearance was in June of 2022 on Monday Night Raw. WWE programming has been some of the most watched TV over the past several decades, and that is what has turned it into a billion-dollar industry, and Vince McMahon into a multi-multi-millionaire who has been pulling nearly all of the strings along the way. Now, that is the rise. Let's talk about the fall. Because for years, Vince McMahon was surrounded by controversies, and he has been accused of wrongdoing and using his position and money to cover things up. For example, in 1983, the girlfriend of wrestler Jimmy Superfly Snuka wound up dead with injuries that were reportedly consistent with brain trauma and physical abuse. McMahon allegedly had a meeting with the assistant district attorney and detectives but afterwards, no charges were filed against Snuka. Then in April of 1992, Rita Chatterton, who went by the stage name Rita Marie, went on Geraldo Rivera's show to reveal all of these accusations against McMahon. Chatterton had been the only female referee for the organization in the 1980s. She says McMahon propositioned her in the back of a limousine in upstate New York in 1986. Next thing I know, Vince McMahon is unzipping his pants. I was pretty shocked at that point. I, you know, I mean, we're talking profession here, and, and suddenly he wants more than just profession. Vince continued to, you know, if you want a half a million dollar contract, you're going to have to satisfy me, and this is the way things have to go. Chatterton went on to say that she refused, so McMahon raped her. Her story was corroborated by another former wrestler in an interview with New York Magazine in 2022, and later on in 2022, Chatterton filed a sexual abuse lawsuit McMahon denied the allegations, maintained his innocence, but ended up settling the lawsuit for what's believed to be possibly around $11 million. In 1993, the Department of Justice indicted Vince McMahon on charges that he conspired to distribute steroids to his wrestlers, but he was ultimately acquitted after an 18-day trial in 1994. And I can't emphasize enough how serious this was because 
If convicted, he could have spent over 10 years in prison. Then you go to February 2006. A woman who worked at a tanning salon in Boca Raton, Florida, accused McMahon of showing her nude photos of himself and trying to grope and kiss her. He was arrested and charged with sexual battery, but prosecutors declined to move forward with the case. In 2011, a former spa manager at a California resort accused McMahon of assault. And information about McMahon's alleged sexual liaisons and possible criminal activity all came to light in 2022 when a Wall Street Journal investigation revealed that McMahon had made payouts to multiple women to cover up extramarital affairs, and this totaled more than $12 million. The WWE board did its own investigation when it learned about a $3 million settlement that McMahon had agreed to pay Janelle Grant, the woman at the center of this new lawsuit against McMahon. And this investigation disclosed that nearly $20 million in unrecorded payments had been made by McMahon between 2006 and 2022, essentially misappropriated corporate funds. It was reported that McMahon eventually repaid this money. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. As that investigation was underway, McMahon stepped down as chairman, naming his daughter Stephanie McMahon as interim CEO, and his resignation became official a month later. But then, Just six months later, he was appointed back to the WWE board, once again becoming chairman of WWE. This happened in January of 2023. How? Well, he never sold his stock. He was the controlling shareholder, and he used that majority interest to replace three board members. In April of 2023, WWE announced it would merge with the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, under the new name TKO Group Holdings, and McMahon would remain as executive chairman. What happened is McMahon essentially orchestrated a coup to get back onto the board. He appointed long-standing associates in George Barrios and Michelle Wilson to the WWE board, and this gave him enough voting power to allow him back into the board and resume his position as executive chairman. Stephanie McMahon left the company very suddenly as this took place, and soon after we had deal that came through with Endeavor, who's the the umbrella company that own uh, the UFC. That led to the formation of TKO Group Holdings. And Ari Emanuel, who is uh, is the big boss of all of that, uh, who has had a longstanding relationship with Vince McMahon, went on TV and said, if Vince McMahon tries to leave, I'm going to body slam him. So all of a sudden, Vince had put himself into this position once more and found a really powerful ally. I don't know how else that we would describe it other than almost a coup to get back in against the best wishes of the rest of the board. We know that other board members resigned over it. The interesting part of this is all of this came about because of an investigation that took place. And 
as has been reported uh, in, the, in, in, in the court documents. At no point was Janelle Grant approached to be interviewed for this internal investigation. Arguably, she'd be the most important person you'd want to talk to. And let's talk about that. So we go to January 25th, 2024, and that is when Janelle Grant, a former staffer within WWE who had been hired and eventually fired by McMahon, filed a shocking lawsuit accusing McMahon of using his position to force her into a sexual relationship and then assaulting her repeatedly. This is a lawsuit that accuses him of everything from rape to human trafficking. Now, here is something interesting. You remember when I said McMahon had agreed to pay her a $3 million settlement that initially started that investigation by the WWE board? Well, he allegedly was two months late on a payment of $500,000 to Grant and hasn't paid her since February 2022. Apparently, he only paid her $1 million of three. Janelle Grant claims in her 60-plus page suit that McMahon had complete control over her after coercing her into a sexual relationship that became more violent and more invasive over time. The suit was filed in Connecticut because that is where McMahon and Grant are both residents, and that's also where WWE headquarters is based. And according to this lawsuit, Grant met McMahon in 2019 when they lived in the same building. Grant's attorneys say that she had been the full-time caregiver for her parents who both died. The family home was lost in their bankruptcy. Grant says that she was introduced to McMahon by a mutual friend, and he immediately started showing her a lot of attention. Grant says that she was coerced into a sexual relationship with McMahon in exchange for a new role at WWE called Administrator Coordinator in the legal department. And we here at Long Crime, we spoke with Ann Callis, Grant's attorney, about what her client was subjected to. What happened to her and what we allege left her physically and mentally absolutely destroyed. So she is trying to recover and she believes this is the first step. Filing this lawsuit took such tremendous courage from her. Um, she was in an extremely vulnerable position when she first encountered Vince McMahon. Her parents had passed. She was the primary caregiver for her parents. So already, besides being um, an inordinately uneven playing field between Vince McMahon and Janelle, our client, uh, she still tried to conduct herself, tried to be the best possible employee for the WWE that she could be under the most devastating and sexually depraved circumstances. And despite Grant's alleged pleas to end this essentially quid pro quo sexual relationship, it did not. And according to Grant, it only got worse. Grant's lawsuit says that McMahon would share sexually explicit photos and videos of her with men both inside and outside the company, including TV production teams, executive producers, and even a world-famous athlete looking to sign with the WWE. That person is not identified in the suit. Speaking of that, this WWE superstar, McMahon, is accused of using Grant as a sexual pawn to entice this person to sign a new contract with the WWE. He allegedly told the WWE superstar that Grant will, quote, do anything. The suit says that McMahon texted Grant a reminder that she was his enslaved object, writing, quote, I want to drive you lower and lower, so low that you might beg me to sell you. 
McMahon is accused of recruiting individuals to have sex with Grant or participate in threesomes. She was expected to perform sex acts at WWE headquarters before, during, and after work hours. Janelle was in just an atmosphere of fear. I think perhaps some of the employees or many of the employees were in an atmosphere of fear. And that permeated her being. And I think it permeated the office, uh, the entire headquarters. As an example of what she was subjected to, the lawsuit says on May 9th, 2020, McMahon defecated on Grant's head during a threesome and then commanded her to continue the sexual encounter with this third person in this sexual tryst. Allegedly, this person was McMahon's physical therapist. McMahon reportedly showered Grant with gifts allegedly financed by the WWE, including tickets to VIP events, gift cards worth thousands of dollars, clothing, jewelry, flowers, a BMW, chef-catered dinners, a spa vacation. In January of 2022, McMahon told Grant that his wife had found out about their sexual relationship. He said her time at the WWE was at an end, but insisted that she sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. And in the suit, her lawyers say, quote, in the days ahead, McMahon put Ms. Grant under immense pressure to sign, saying that refusing would not only jeopardize McMahon, his family, and the company, but that she'd surely become a public headline, suffer reputational ruin, including from the pornographic content McMahon had captured and face McMahon's legal resources. Conversely, McMahon reassured her that her signature would ensure his continued support and protection and safeguard her reputation. Ultimately, Ms. Grant succumbed to the pressure and signed the NDA in exchange for payments, which McMahon later stopped making. The lawsuit claims that multiple high-ranking employees at WWE knew about the sexual relationship as well as assaults allegedly committed on Grant at the offices but did nothing to stop it. Grant's legal team says that she is suffering from PTSD and has struggled with suicidal ideation. She was targeted and, and preyed upon, and um, she... As I mentioned before, she was in a very vulnerable, vulnerable position, and Vince McMahon took advantage of that and then took it a million steps further in uh, the sexual torture, the degradation, the push-pull of uh, trauma bonding, all occurred to her. And it's, she's still, to this day, trying to process what happened to her she she literally could not get out of bed she wasn't had any personal grooming she's not really eating um it's it's really taken a toll besides the physical uh injuries she'd suffered but mcmahon is not the only one named in this lawsuit aside from mcmahon and the wwe john laurinaitis a former wrestler who went by the stage named johnny ace is also accused of brutal attacks on Grant. Laurinaitis worked in the talent relations office at WWE for several years. At one point during her tenure at WWE, Janelle Grant says that she was moved from the legal department to the talent relations office with Laurinaitis as her supervisor. According to the lawsuit, McMahon and Laurinaitis had sexual contact with her in an office at WWE headquarters. She claims that she begged them to stop, but each held her down as the assaults happened. They allegedly said to her, quote, no means yes. Grant was also allegedly expected to meet Laurinaitis at a hotel for sexual liaisons before reporting to work. Now, here's where things take an interesting turn, because in his statement to the media, Laurinaitis' attorney, Edward Brennan, said, quote, 
Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations in the misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Laurinaitis is a victim in this case, not a predator. The truth will come out. Brennan went on to say, quote, power, control, employment, supervisory capacity, dictatorial sexual demands with repercussions if not met. Count how many times in the complaint Vince exerts control over both of them. Interesting legal argument there. Talking about such a complex and potentially massive lawsuit like the McMahon case, it actually made me think of our great sponsor here on Sidebar, Morgan & Morgan. Why? Because they are the largest personal injury law firm in America. That's why. And the thing about Morgan & Morgan is they are all about their clients. They don't settle for lowball insurance offers. And if you don't believe me, get this. They recently saw verdicts of $12 million in Florida, $6.8 million in New York, and $26 million in Philadelphia. Mind you, this is considerably higher than the highest insurance offers for these accidents. Morgan & Morgan makes it super easy and convenient for their clients, too, because the whole process can be done right on your smartphone, submitting your claims, signing contracts, talking to your legal team. I mean, you can see if you have a case in just minutes. I mentioned team, by the way. They have 4,000 support staff that can help you through the process, too. And in terms of price, you only pay them if you win. So to get started, to see if you have a claim now, go to Morgan & Morgan. Check out forthepeople.com slash LC Sidebar, or you can click the link in the description and pinned in the comments. Now, this lawsuit has several different claims or causes of action that I want to go into. And remember, in a civil case, the standard of proof is not beyond a reasonable doubt like we have in a criminal case. But usually it's preponderance of the evidence, meaning Grant has to show that more than likely this happened, more than 50% that this is true. So it's a lower standard to prove, but you still got to prove it. You still got to prove your claims nonetheless. And here, not only Grant's account, but the incredibly sexually explicit text messages that are included in this complaint, the ones from McMahon, they can definitely help her case. And during discovery, we're They are going to get more information and evidence from the defendants. Grant's hope is to get more evidence to prove her claim. And these can be very difficult for McMahon to argue against. And we can't read or show you these text messages in the complaint because, honestly, they are just too graphic. They're too explicit. They're too disgusting. But they include alleged texts from McMahon in which he describes violent sex acts he wants to perform on Grant or have others perform on her. The messages call her all sorts of degrading names and tell her what other men have said about these explicit photos and videos of her. He appears to also be scheduling sexual liaisons between Grant and other men like Laurinaitis. The text purportedly from McMahon also repeatedly tell Grant that if anyone were to find out about the relationship, she would lose her job and possibly face legal consequences. But let's go through these counts, okay? There are nine of them in this complaint. And the first two are asking for declaratory relief, basically asking for a court to set the record straight about someone's rights. So here, Grant is asking that the NDA that she signed, the non-disclosure agreement, that it be deemed void, that it be deemed illegal under federal law, namely the Speak Out Act. She argues that it invalidates these contracts if there is a sexual assault or harassment dispute. The second claim argues that the NDA is invalid under Connecticut's common law. That's not a statute, but the laws that come from judges' decisions and court cases. And here Grant says the NDA is too broad and that she entered into this NDA under duress. The third cause of action says that McMahon and Laurinaitis violated the Trafficking Victims Protection Act 
of 2000 or TVPA. So the suit claims that these men recruited, enticed, solicited Grant, all for sexual abuse and exploitation, especially as McMahon was traveling across the United States, crossing state lines, and that he caused others to travel across the United States for purposes of sexually exploiting Miss Grant. So the idea of the sexual abuse tied to crossing state lines and to commercial activity, that's namely promising Grant career advancement at the WWE in exchange for sex acts, that's the key for sex trafficking, that they used fraud such as the lure of career opportunity to coerce Grant into sexual activities. And in a similar fashion, count four is that the WWE knowingly participated in this trafficking and benefited from and facilitated this venture in violation of the TVPA. For example, by McMahon using Grant as a sexual commodity to entice WWE superstar to sign a contract with the WWE that benefited the organization. Count five is negligence. That's when you have a legal duty to use reasonable care and you don't do that and it causes injury or harm. Here, this negligence claim against the WWE is that they failed as an employer who has the responsibility and duty to make sure their employees are safe and protected, and they didn't do that. Count six is civil battery against McMahon and the WWE. It's about intentional, harmful, and offensive contact that McMahon allegedly engaged in, and there is one particular disturbing account that is cited where McMahon forced Grant to perform oral sex on him in a very graphic and violent scene. She claims that the WWE is legally liable for the actions of its chairman under a vicarious liability legal theory where you hold companies on the hook for the actions of their employees who engage in wrongdoing while in the scope of their employment. Count seven is civil battery again. This time it's against Laurinaitis and the WWE, specifically these forced sexual contact acts with her, including at his office at the WWE headquarters. Count eight and count nine are intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress against McMahon, Laurinaitis, and the WWE, basically that he intended or should have known his actions would cause Grant to suffer emotional distress. And she lists out a number of extreme and outrageous forms of conduct, like with McMahon's text messages, the sexual assault, trafficking, exploiting her. She claims that Laurinaitis treated her like a sexual object, including forcing her to travel to his hotel for sexual activity. And the complaint highlights that he and McMahon were her bosses. Let's not forget that, her bosses, supervisors. And in terms of what she's asking, she wants to invalidate the NDA. She wants compensatory and punitive damages. Remember, that's a form of punishing the defendant. And according to Grant's attorney, since news of this lawsuit first broke, she has received numerous calls from other alleged victims who are sharing their own stories about Vince McMahon, so this could be just the tip of the iceberg. But now let's talk about TKO Group Holdings, okay, the holding company, the parent company for the WWE, because they issued a statement in light of this, and they said, quote, Mr. McMahon does not control TKO, nor does he oversee the day-to-day -day operations of WWE. While this matter predates our TKO executive team's tenure at the company, we take Ms. Grant's horrific allegations very seriously and are addressing this matter internally. It's an interesting question regarding TKO's knowledge of all of this because in TKO's quarterly regulatory filing with the SEC that was filed in September of 2023, the company wrote, quote, Mr. McMahon's membership on our board could expose us to negative publicity and or have other adverse financial and operational impacts on our business. The company also said his membership may result in additional scrutiny. 
TKO bought the company after these allegations came to light. But there were obviously, as we've talked about today, prior allegations very much out there that you have to believe they've been aware of. Uh, despite this, uh, Vince McMahon was installed as executive chairman of the board, and his contract with TKO was pretty ironclad as well. He would only be removed from the board, according to the write-up for the board, uh, if he resigned, became incapacitated, or died. So he mm. was in there for the long run. He's, uh, <laughs> this has been written into it. What I find interesting is that TKO put out that statement saying they were addressing the matter. And what a few hours later... It was revealed that Slim Jim, who is a very prominent sponsor with WWE, have been since the 90s on and off, had paused their their working relationship with WWE. Now, this came just days before WWE was set to host a huge premium live event, uh, the Royal Rumble, in which Slim Jim was sponsoring a match on the show. And it was a, it was it was worth millions of dollars, this sponsorship. And they said, while this is going on, this goes against our ethics, so we're pausing. And it was amazing how quickly it was announced that Vince McMahon was resigning from the board after Slim Jim pulled the sponsorship money. And yes, McMahon once again resigned, saying in a statement, quote, out of respect for the WWE universe, the extraordinary TKO business and its board members and shareholders, partners and constituents, and all of the employees and superstars who helped make WWE into the global leader it is today, I have decided to resign from my executive chairmanship and the TKO board of directors effective immediately. But he also denied the allegations, saying that this lawsuit was, quote, replete with lies, obscene made-up instances that never occurred, and was a vindictive distortion of the truth. Now, what does this all mean for the WWE organization? There's been a lot of conversations about how Vince McMahon has been so untouchable throughout his time. I don't see him coming back from this. In fact, I, I see further change coming um, in the sense that reports have said that there will now be further investigation to remove anybody that is associated with Vince McMahon from TKO completely, uh, which is unfathomable for a long-standing wrestling fan because for as long as I've been a fan, as long as anyone's been a fan, McMahons have been heavily involved with with the company. They are, you know, they, they are a WWF and WWF is the McMahons, but we're reaching a point where that's not the case. The only family member left within the company uh, is the son-in-law, Paul Levesque, uh, known to fans as Triple H. He's WWE's chief content officer. In fact, WWE had an opportunity at a at the press conference following the Royal Rumble to make a comment about this. I wanted to bring this up. Um, and, and WWE's chief content officer, Paul Levesque, Triple H, took questions at the press conference. And pretty much all the questions were about the allegations. And as opposed to reading a prepared statement saying, well, this is a legal matter that we can't comment on, Paul Levesque almost looked quite frustrated by people asking and opted to try and get people to focus on the positives instead, citing the record attendance for the event. And people like, that's not, how is that more pressing than what's being talked about mm. now? The Rock now being installed as a, a member of the board of directors, he brings with him uh, a, a former uh, vice president of his company, Seven Bucks Productions, by the name of Brian Gewartz. And Brian Gewartz uh, was a former head writer for WWE. And some sources uh, within the wrestling uh, community suggest that maybe this is a move to have a plan B to possibly 
replace or succeed Triple H, should there be more changes and more people removed? The general vibe when it comes to TKO is if you were if you were strongly connected to Vince McMahon, there might be big change for you coming. And thinking about all of that, sources say that the feds could be in on this now too. The Wall Street Journal reports that McMahon has been the subject of a federal probe into potential sex trafficking and sexual assault charges since at least 2022. There was reportedly a federal warrant that was issued and McMahon's cell phone was seized. And more specifically, the grand jury subpoena that was issued to McMahon it requested any documents related to, quote, rape, sex trafficking, sexual assault, commercial sex transaction, harassment or discrimination against current or former WWE employees. The Wall Street Journal also reports that Grant is one of five women who are cooperating with the federal investigation. So there is just so much to think about in this case, especially when you consider how it all started with Vince McMahon and where he is today. A lot to grasp. And we will, of course, continue to follow this case and see where this lawsuit goes. And that is all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.